Today's podcast session is supported by Uphill. So if you ask a therapist who's doing clinical work what the bane of their existence is, usually progress notes are in the top one to two. I'm not naming any names, but when I was doing clinical work, I remember I had several colleagues who would get so backed up on clinical notes, so they would end up spending their nights and weekends trying just to catch up. Honestly, who wants to do that? And this is where Appeal comes in. Appeal is AI-powered case notes. Now, I know for many of us, when we hear the word AI, we're, there's like a natural skepticism. And honestly, I had that skepticism as well until I got to meet with the Appeal team and learn about some of the many ways that they are doing this in a way that is HIPAA compliant and also doesn't sell data to anyone and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about Uphill and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Uphill. And Uphill is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your Uphill plan for the first two months. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 282 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well. I'm actually recording this at the end of April and it's uh, 85 degrees here today. So right after this podcast, well, actually, I have a meeting right after, but right after that meeting, I'm going to be enjoying a nice hike. This has been one of the things that I've been trying to do during this pandemic and is to incorporate like multiple daily hikes or multiple hikes during the week. And uh, it's just been really good in terms of self-care. So today's uh, podcast session is a coaching call. And this is something that we have been doing starting this year, just because I, I feel like I have learned a lot when it comes to podcasting and creating online courses. And uh, a few months ago, we had a coaching call all on podcasting. And I thought this one, and that's episode 275 that aired on May 20th. But this one, I wanted to do one all about online courses. I know that many of us have plans to launch one. And uh, today I'm joined by Kristen Boyce. Kristen is a therapist in private practice who has a very successful group practice. Um, her website is at pathwaystohealingcounseling.com. And then the professional personal website is over at kristendboyce.com. And Christian has a podcast, and in the course of doing this podcast, she's realized that there's this real need among her listeners, and she's been thinking a lot about creating 
a an online course. The podcast is called Close the Chapter, and it's all about closing the chapter of certain things in our lives so that we can open ourselves up to new opportunities. And so t- today we're going to go and dive into this online course idea. I'm going to share some of the just lessons and things that I've learned along the way. More specifically, we're actually going to cover two things. So Christian has this plan or has this wanted to just hear thoughts on creating like a live version of a course versus like a pre-recorded one. What are sort of the thought and rationale around that? And I'm definitely like sharing quite a bit of things that I've learned along the way. And then we're going to wrap up with sort of a pre-launch strategy. How do you actually get buyers for your course before you launch it? This is actually one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen a lot with our colleagues, which is spending a lot of time and money creating a course, but not being sure if there's actually people who want to buy it. Today's podcast is supported by Kelly Miranda and the team over at Zinimi. And I learned something recently, which is that, did you know this, that therapists are among the worst paid master's degrees? And Kelly and Miranda and the, and the team over at Zinimi believe that it's time to stop that. They actually have something called a business school for therapists, which is basically this opportunity to to learn those business skills and those marketing skills that we often didn't learn. And even if we are a practice owner, there are likely gaps in our knowledge and business school for therapists fills that that gap in that knowledge. They actually have a ton of really awesome free trainings on their site, and I encourage you to check it out, uh, including a number of private practice masterclasses that are absolutely free. You can learn more about it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash zinni me. And zinni is spelled Z-Y-N-N-Y-M-E. And so We'll dive right into all of that. So we'll get right to today's coaching call. Here's my coaching call with Christian Boyce from ChristianDBoyce.com and PathwaysToHealingCounseling.com. Hey, Christian, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thank you so much, Melvin, for having me. It's such an honor and privilege to be here, and I appreciate your time and your heart. I am. Um... I'm grateful for your courage to do something like this because I know that many of us have, many of us want to launch an online course. I truly feel like all of us have an online course or at least one within us, uh, just given our range of experiences and clinical skills. And yeah, I'm just grateful for your courage. Uh, I was, when I was talking to Christian before we got started, I was like, hey, listen, we, however you want to use this 25 minutes, I truly just want to be of value and service. And so Krishna, I'll turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe even like what made you think about doing an online course and even some of the ideas, and then we can just jump right in. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. So it all started when I started the podcast almost two years ago. We're about 105 episodes in of the Close the Chapter podcast. And I wanted to offer my community another layer to go deeper with the personal work. If they have a growth mindset and they want to do work in between sessions with a therapist. So a lot of people that I see, a lot of clients say, I really want to find a community of people and friends that are willing to do deeper work. And a lot of the people I know don't aren't working on the deeper work or don't know how to talk and connect emotionally and and they're scared to do vulnerability. 
And so I kind of, this whole idea birthed through the podcast and through clients wanting to have an extended community of people to connect with. So the course idea came through with how do I start off building a course with some foundational pieces for people to be able to cope with all the hard, challenging time in their lives right now, dealing with fear, shame, like this feeling of feeling abandoned and lonely. And how do I begin to help build some pillars, some foundational pieces for people? And that's where the idea for a course came through. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I think one of the things that really stood out to me and what you just shared is there's actually like demand and interest, like the people that who could potentially invest in this course, they're saying like, hey, this is what we're missing, you know? And I think that's often the best things. Like one of the things I've learned is creating a course or creating membership site course, whatever it is, based on a need versus just creating it and hoping that there's a need is like such a different way of looking at it. So props to you. What have, I mean, what, so there's this need there, right? And as you're sort of thinking about it, I guess maybe the one question I had, and I'll turn it to you over, why an online course out of, you know, like there's a bunch of different ways, right? I think the, the pull towards an online course is getting the information out to more people that are curious or want more from the podcast or in between their therapy sessions to have something they can refer back to that's pivotal foundational information that they can, it's almost like a, a, it's like a library of sorts where they can go back, they can watch the modules, they can go back if they need to ask deeper questions if they want to. And I guess my question is starting it off live, doing a live recording versus doing a tape, what I'm calling it taped. Okay. I'm dating myself. Rec- recorded. Pre-recorded kind of. Pre-recorded. Thank you. I'm thinking of cassette tapes when you pre-record it. So my gut says I want to do it live because I like that interaction with the community. So I'd love your feedback on one, your feedback on doing it live versus doing a recording. And then like, I know I'm jumping ahead, but we get the idea for the course and then how do we launch it? Yeah, right. So the launch seems to be a big piece of a course. Yeah, absolutely. So there's like two parts and we'll, we'll definitely tackle each. So the first is sort of a live version of a course versus pre-recorded. And the second one is uh, just the, the launching of it. How do you launch it in an effective way, right? That actually creates demand, right? So I'm a, and I don't know that I would have like fully realized this, honestly, when I first launched or was even thinking about an online course, but I absolutely think a live version of a course and at least going through a live version at least one time, optimally, two to three times is a really wise idea. The reasons I'll mention are, I realize there are a couple of things. So one, 
with a live, like I always recommend like a six week because I feel like four weeks is kind of a little short where it's hard to kind of dive and deepen and and for the members to kind of connect with each other, to members to connect with you. But something like an eight week or 12 week, that can be quite a time expense. So I think like a six week is optimal. The The other reasons that I like a live is it gives you as the online course creator an idea and it gives you the opportunity to co-create your future digital version of the course with your live members, right? So you like you and I may have an idea of like, hey, these are some modules that that people would find helpful. But the best validator is actually the people who would purchase that course, right? Them giving you the feedback and then taking your knowledge and, and sort of integrating those two. I mean, I'm a big proponent of lives. In fact, you know, like the second online course, which is a course on courses launching next year, that's my plan is to at least do two versions of at least one version, possibly two or even three versions of a live kind of six week thing. Like, hey guys, in week one, we're going to cover gear and software related to online courses. The second one, the second week, we're going to cover pre-launch, right? So you sort of pick big topics that you think would resonate for folks. And what I would recommend is something like a kind of depends. I mean, even I'm kind of curious to hear from you, like, so I think it could be like a 60 or a 90 minute, right? Or you could do like a one, you know, let's say it's like a 90 minute commitment per week. There could be like a 45 minutes of teaching, 45 minutes of office hours, you know, so you could break those up, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I like that combo just because there's the teaching part. So you kind of know you can tweak your teaching, right. And almost like create the content for your digital version of the course, right. While you're going through the live, get feedback, but then you also have like call it office hours or whatever it is. Right. And that way you give feedback to the members and you're serving them. And I'm a big fan of the live also because those could be future testimonials for your digital version, right? If you've gone through and they've had, they've done what you're teaching, then those are like great testimonials. So then once you get to that, that second question of when you actually launch or pre-launch that digital version, you already have folks that have gone through it, you get testimonials already. Because I mean, I'm curious, like, you know, I know for me, at least when I'm thinking about courses, that's probably one of the biggest sections I look at right? How, like what's been other people's experience of it. And if I don't see any sort of testimonial page, kind of like, oh, you know, am I going to be like the first one or, you know? Exactly. Yes. I like that with the testimonials, that it gives you that ability to quickly get those testimonials. Yeah, absolutely. What I know we've talked about this, like, you know, privately, but like just for, you know, for the folks listening, what are, I guess, even the, we've talked a lot about like niching, right? And so, what are some of the ideas that you even have for like how you'll sort of go down and sort of niche down that course? I think this has been one of my biggest challenges is niching down because as therapists, we see a lot of variety in our work and that we can specialize. I'm EMDR trained and brain spotting trained as well. So I was trying to brainstorm with close the chapter. There's a lot of options because that's the name of the podcast and We've, that's the biggest area I think I'm struggling with is niching down and how to niche down because I see a lot of codependency, people pleasing, shame work, you know, not feeling good enough, 
holding people back from speaking their truth from people, other people's reactivity. So I find that I, I attract a lot of people trying to find their voice and free themselves from the conditioning and really step into more vulnerability. Yeah. So that seems to be where I enjoy that. And I, I kind of lean in that direction. I, we also do, or I also do a weekly or biweekly now mental health Monday with our mayor here. And I know we've talked about that in my town. There's about 50,000 residents here and it's now expanded because on Facebook live, it can go in all around the world. I had no idea that this would take off and people were thirsty for help. I knew people were thirsty for help during quarantine. I didn't know how much it would take off. And the themes in the mental health Monday that seem to be reoccurring is people, one, feeling shame, feeling not good enough. I mean, that seems to, and I love Dr. Brene Brown's work. Of course, she's really pioneered this into the world. And I see it as an epidemic I see it as an epidemic of people feeling not good enough and scared, scared to speak up, scared to set a boundary, scared to say how they really feel. And that's what I feel passionate about. So when I niche it down, I that's the sweet spot that I think I am passionate about and feel like I can offer some value. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just when you were sharing, like I, I felt that like there was that emotional, you, you got in touch with the, that passion. Right. And I, I mean, this isn't like an empirically validated thing or anything, but like, I feel like so much of online course building, I think a lot of times there's an emphasis on like the launch, but for me, it's like, this is something I've learned with Hellcasters, man, it is a long-term game and it sounds so basic, but you should be passionate about that topic because I mean, my experience has always has been, you know, for every, you know, online where you see this like $100,000 course launch, right? For every one of those, I think there are like 99 others of us that sort of build it very slow and steady. And it's like, you know, like a slow drip at the beginning, it turns slowly, you know? The one thing I would recommend at least thinking through is, so I think there's a lot of wisdom in taking sort of a presenting concern and intersecting it with a population, right? Because the one challenge of like creating like a course on shame, unless you're like somebody like really big, like a Brene Brown, I think my concern is always it's going to be too general right? So think about it like from a consumer perspective, right? Why would they consume a general course on shame when one, there's 8 million things on YouTube? There's like, you know, you park something so good. Yes. Right. So I think the, I mean, and Pat Flynn says this, and this is always, I don't think he's the original person, but he said it enough where I just give him credit, but the riches are in the niches, you know? And so, I mean, I know we've talked about this, whether you want to go into like a certain population, like shame among executives or, but I actually think there could even be something deeper there, like executives in a unique life situation, right? Shame of, you know, a course for executives leaving one fortune 500 company and going to another, if that's like even a hypothetical situation, you know? So it's like a very small percentage, but yours becomes the only course and option. So the person's like, oh, 
that's me, you know? Yeah. The wheels are turning. Yeah. So I think the other thing that I've kind of learned with online courses, and I think this is where uh, a lot of our colleagues get stuck, which is, you know, they'll say like, I want to create a course on mindfulness or something like that. But what I've, what I've seen and just going to conferences, learning from people, and even with the healthcasters, the best courses take people step-by-step from one place to another, right? So like healthcasters, how to go from not having a podcast to successfully grow, launching and growing a podcast, right? Online course school, how to not have an online course to going to having an online course that is generating recurrent or passive income or, you know, supplemental income for you, right? So think about that. And I guess even as I'm saying that, like what sort of ideas are coming up? Like, how do we, I guess what I'm asking is if shame is the topic, right? What are we moving them from, right? How do we clearly articulate that, right? We're moving them from shame to blank, right? Yeah. So many ideas were downloading as you were talking. Cause I think this is where I get stuck is the topic and how to take it from A to Z. Like you're saying, what's the problem I'm solving and what is the niche in that problem? And I was Rolodexing all my podcasts in which ones were the most popular out of the podcast episodes and where I see kind of demand or I get a lot of response. And one of the things I wrote down as you were talking is this idea of avoidance. Like we just kind of avoid the hard in like we avoid what makes us uncomfortable. We avoid hard conversations. We avoid and shame. Yes. Is it the root or fear underneath that? But this whole idea of avoidance, whether you're an executive making a, trying to coach somebody, or you have to let someone go, or you have to have a hard conversation. People don't know how to have these conversations. Yeah. Just this is really specific, like how to have difficult conversations seems to be a reoccurring and the idea of avoidance and not having them. So the structure would be, here's how to have these hard conversations. Here's some, cause people don't know what to say. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Now, so now like the wheels are turning on my head as well. So yeah, it could be, I think you, I mean, this is a potent, we have to like obviously validate this, but I think this could be like a potential course idea, right? Like the course for the C-suite person who has to make like, again, this is like, we'll have to like, you know, narrow it down, but who has to have difficult conversations with their employees or the mid-level manager that has to have difficult conversations and doesn't know how, you know, I think there could even be like a niche down, like firing or for, you know, for in like insubordination, something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And even this whole dynamic, like how to have these hard conversations and, and if I niche it down, that's where I can get kind of, cause this could be applicable to so many. And then how do you niche it down that resonates? You know, I have to get clear on what resonates Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know that there's ever like a smooth way to like realize that. I think like what's been helpful for me is like, again, like what has been, what's something that I could honestly spend five to seven to 10 years just talking on and refining and tweaking. And then where is their actual demand for this? 
you know, I mean, we've talked privately about this, but I know, I mean, you know this way more than me, but I feel like in the world of like corporations and all of this stuff, these are the type of conversations, like there's a lot of demand, like, cause you're absolutely right. There's a lot of folks that are struggling with having these difficult conversations, right. And it's impacting productivity. It's impacting like company morale and all of these different things, you know? Yeah. And they have to learn how to practice it in their own relationships. So if they're not doing it with their loved one, their partner, their family, they have a real hard time transferring that into the business world. Yeah. Right. So it really starts with this introspection on what's the fear and exploring that. And then all the way up to here's how to do it. Yep. The skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, as we're thinking about this, it almost sounds like it's, you know, course would be a step-by-step guide on helping blank with blank. Right. I like how you're saying step-by-step guide. Cause I think that will, that's helpful to conceptualize because that's what people want. Yeah. They want the step-by-step guide. And I like how you said that. Yeah. I think I, I love words like that. And, and obviously it has to be like true, but yeah, people love like step-by-step templates, framework, those kind of phrases, because if, you know, like if they're investing in a course, right, they want that transformation. And if you're the person that gives them sort of that step-by-step, you know, then yours is the course. Um, I wanted to circle back to that second, second thing you said about like the pre-launch, because I wanted to make sure we like really thought that through. So I'm a big fan of like validating anything before spending time and money. This is something that I see not just in our in our profession, but like with a lot of online course creators is that they have these like beautiful ideas and they'll spend a lot of time and money creating the course, but then nobody like buys or very few people buy and they get like super disheartened. So like with the Healthcasters course, and we've, we've talked about this, but literally I think it was like back in a long time ago, like session around 30 of this podcast, I did a solo episode on some of the stuff that I had learned in creating a podcast. And after that episode, I shared it on social media. I and colleagues started reaching out to me asking if they could do some consults on how to launch a podcast. And so I realized at that moment, I was like, man, okay, this is kind of cool because I can, you know, like charge more, right? But it's not exactly scalable, right? Because it's just trading time for income again. But I realized at that point, there was wisdom in it because I could start to identify patterns that were coming up in these consults and they could be future content for the online course. So that's something that I would recommend. Get putting some feelers out there, whether it's like thinking about this topic, creating a podcast episode around it, seeing if you can do like some one-off consults. And again, it doesn't have to be more than like, you know, an hour or two, maybe even a month, Right getting some feelers out there. That way you can get some validation, right? Before you invest. The other way to do it is, I mean, I'm a big fan of like building a, like a segmented email list. So for example, like, you know, with, with online course school, like I did a A to Z online course guide that we, I went, went like heavily promoted it this year, but I looked, I think the other day and there were, I think 221 people who have downloaded that. So that's like a great validator for me. Like, oh my gosh, there's people really interested in this. So it doesn't have to be like this super book or like crazy book or anything, but it could be a simple, like one, you know, one page sheet, sheet, you know, sheet of 
the step-by-step guide to having, I don't know, again, way to play wording, but like step-by-step guide to letting go of an employee or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Or having difficult conversations, step-by-step, how to lean into a hard conversation or or with with the yeah with a blank yeah with a blank yeah and literally it could be step one step two step three step four i'd like to incorporate videos into this um and so this is sort of what we did on the online course guide because i just felt like videos connect with people at a different level so literally what i did was i i have like a loom has a loom so l-o-o-m you can create these video recordings. So you can either record your screen, you can record yourself, or you can record the combo of your screen and yourself. So what I might even do is like on each of those steps, it might be like, watch this quick two minute video from Christian that demonstrates this kind of thing, right? So that you're establishing sort of that trust and authority, right? And then, so starting to build that list, because that's something that I, I realized with healthcasters is it's just a lot more <laughs> empowering to realize there's actually people that are interested in it. And sort of the next level after you create that like simple opt-in is you would want to send like a follow-up email and, you know, just say, you know, hey, you know, hey, Melvin, I I hope you enjoyed the the checklist I put together. If you haven't, here's the link again. I also included some videos within the checklist to help you, you know, help you navigate these difficult conversations uh, that you may have to have with your employees, right? I'm actually thinking about putting a live six-week online course together, right? Where I would walk you through this. Here are the things that are interesting. Here's the things I was thinking about. More than anything, I want to make sure that this is something that would be truly helpful for you. So would you take a moment to like fill out this survey? So you could link then to a Google form or a SurveyMonkey. And then on the survey monkey, you could have the questions. I've seen it both ways where on at the last question on the survey monkey is something like, you know, please click here if you would like to reserve a spot in the live course, right? And it sort of takes it to a payment portal. It could be easily as setting it up in PayPal, right? The purpose of that is twofold. One, you're getting data in terms of what people want in the course. And second, you're getting people that are like warmer than even somebody who downloaded the the guide because these are people like, oh, I'd be really interested in it, right? And if they're willing to pay for it, right, which would be amazing because then you can then almost like take that money and and then re reinvest that money into like a video editor or something for the actual digital version of the course, you know? That's great. I love it. So... Yeah, man, our time flew. I feel like we would probably talk like for another another half an hour on this or at least. But where are you sitting with this? You know, just hearing it. You, I think the three things that stood out for me were the niching. And I got a little more clear on the niching down and build it, continuing to build the email list with a opt-in with video was wonderful. And then you can assess who's really wants to sign up and link them to signing up for the course. So you can kind of get a litmus test of, is this going to be viable or not? I can always pivot. I can always change if it's not resonating and survey and find out where do I need to tweak it or what do I need to change? Or is there a different topic? Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, you said that so well, I feel like that method is a lot more just mental health wise, financially, it's a lot more better because otherwise you end up developing a course 
And then if nobody buys it, then you realize that after spending all this time, it's better to validate it on the front end, you know? So, yes. And I know there's more technical questions on the back end of doing a live. And that sounds like that'd be something in your course that you're going to offer, like more of that information. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'll definitely incorporate, you know, the tech and plan is uh, here in the fall is to like send out like a brief survey, like I just shared of like, Hey, what do you guys, this is what I'm thinking about. What would you guys want in this? And I think, you know, and I know you orient this way as well. Like, I think if you come from a genuine place of like wanting to be helpful and have a humility to say like, maybe I don't know everything about exactly what this thing should look like, but I'd rather like co-create it and truly be helpful. I think that goes like really far because the Healthcasters course, I mean, you know, we had eight initial folks that purchased, but they were so instrumental in shaping it, you know? And I'm glad we only had eight because if we had like the 250 we have now, (laughs) I would be like, oh my gosh, like, it'd be overwhelming because I don't think I would have the infrastructure to be able to handle it too. So I think like slow and steady growth is not a bad thing. I love how you said you had eight and it was a good thing. So not getting fixated on the number of people that buy the course at the beginning as you're starting off and creating it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think, I mean, we can definitely like talk about this maybe another time, but then I think the other thing is you can then make tweaks to like pricing and stuff like that over time, you know? Yes. That'd be all my follow-up questions. That's another episode. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Kristen, thank you again. And uh, please let us know where we can learn more about you. And we're excited. I think we are definitely excited for the course. But yeah, definitely share the lights and, and let us know where we can learn more about the awesome work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much, Melvin. I just love your heart. It resonates with me so much, just your energy. So you can find me at kristendboyce.com or pathwaystohealingcounseling.com and close the chapter podcast is also available. And I love it to give to clients in between sessions so they can feel supported and nurtured along the way. That's my heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I sense that. Uh, Krishna, I'm just so grateful for you. Grateful for our friendship. Uh, Grateful for this time together and uh, excited where this course is going. Thank you so much, Melvin. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kristen. And especially if you have been thinking about launching an online course and just not really sure of how to proceed with it, I hope that today's session has just been helpful for you and definitely gives you new ideas and ways of thinking about it. As I shared, I created a free online course guide that you can download over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. It contains a lot of the wisdom that I've learned over the past six years with uh, launching the Healthcasters course. I mentioned this in my conversation with Christian, but literally we had eight buyers initially at, I believe, 297 It's been a while now that, that purchased the course, and we've steadily grown it to now over 251 members who have purchased the course. And there has been several podcasts and everything that have launched out of that. And it's been a wonderful journey, but I've definitely learned a lot. So please feel free to download it if it would be helpful for you. And as we mentioned on the call, I'm actually going to be doing a live version of creating an online course. I know it's super meta, but if you download the online course guide, then you can stay up to date with it. Have a Today's podcast is supported by Kelly Miranda and the team over at zinimi.com. Uh, I've gotten to know Kelly and Miranda here for the past, gosh, seven years now. 
And uh, I actually went through their business school for therapists. I would say it's one of those courses that's just been super pivotal in my own understanding of business. I felt like, like many of us, you know, I had never taken a business or marketing class in either undergrad or grad school. I don't know why. I think mainly maybe because, you know, like my, you know, well-meaning Indian parents wanted me to guided me sort of a, toward a, a certain career. And uh, that was usually away from business. And But I, I really wish I had taken it. But I got the opportunity to do that by going through Kelly Miranda's Business School for Therapists. And they actually have a number of free trainings. And the one that I encourage you to check out on their site is they actually have this private practice masterclass where they dive into these kind of like bigger core issues that even full practice owners get stuck on from being truly profitable and uh, protected from burnout. I feel like the burnout piece is so key, uh, especially as we continue in this pandemic and even as we emerge out of it and then sort of come into this endemic level, right? I think many of us are really thinking about how do you create a business that is long-term sustainable? And I think many of us have shifted and prioritized things like connections with our loved ones and our own health, like reprioritize those. And so I would definitely encourage you to check out that private practice masterclass. You can find more information about it and a whole bunch of awesome resources for private practice owners over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash zinni me. Great rest of your day and uh, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey friends, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. And if you are in a season where you've been thinking long and hard about launching an online course, just wanted to invite you to our brand new workshop titled Behind the Scenes of a Small Launch to a $300,000 Online Course. You can sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. We try to do a really good job with this workshop. We updated a whole bunch of new material and Some of the things that you'll learn in this workshop are the five key steps to take your course from an idea to generating income, some of my top gear and software recommendations in order to launch your online course, and the top three mistakes that I made with my Healthcasters podcasting course, which I launched back in 2015 and have been fortunate to have over 272 students in that course. Again, you can sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.